What? Why does it sound like that? Sounds good to me. Sounds fine to me. Wait, really? Yeah. It's like is slowed there, way down. Is there like a dead doctor yeah. talking to you? No. Okay. I mean, I, evening meat suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep. Maybe it was just on my side, but it sounded like the uh, um, theme song was stuck in molasses. No, it's going to be oh, crazy weird. if that's what everyone else hears. <laughs> so what everyone else is hearing is the music freaking out and me and Ez being like, what's wrong? Isn't it always good like to that? Me, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, Sounds fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Read and Weep Season 4. We're just three guys in fezes and fake beards running through doors, bumping into each other, and talking about our perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and I am joined by a very select panel. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. He's short and cowardly and wearing an adventurer's hat. It's Anthony Lopez. I did not think anything could look cheaper or more rushed than the fake beards until we saw the full mummy suit. <laughs> I love those mummy pajamas. Yeah. I would get that mummy pajama. It uh, it's never looked anything looked less like a mummy, but I did like it. Especially watching it with modern resolution and just being able to like see zippers <laughs> and seeming zi- uh, all the seams where all everything comes together. It's not at it. all. It's, yeah, it's it. just pajamas with a zipper in it. It's, uh, it's like his tuxedo. Also yeah. joining us from Northern California, he's tall and aggressive and constantly gaslighting his only friend. It's Ezra Fox. So, Alex, because being a straight man is harder, I actually get a 60-40 split, split from all this, all these movies. That is not Wait, a joke. Is that true? Yeah. But but it was yeah. like on uh, on Costello's, like, Costello requested that he would get, that uh, Abbott got a, get a 60-40 split because... Like basically says like it's like comedy is easy having a good straight man that's hard. I mean, I mean it's wrong though. The other guy just has to be angry. Like, go ahead. Sorry, all the time, t- you know, having to be angry all the time takes years off your life. <laughs> you know, it's hazard pay. I man, but okay, I'm not a great actor, but it's not harder, right? Like he was just being nice to his friend. I don't oh. know. Look, I mean, he legitimately look. It's such a man. If you want some interesting yeah. stuff about like, oh, I didn't know Anus. Just like go in the the IMDb. Of, IMDb like pages on each of the uh, like Abbott and Costello separately. Sure. Like um, Costello found Abbott when his original partner got sick, and he just called him in because he was working like the concession stand. Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. But Although that also does argue- think, think about the relationship here. That one is always angry, slapping the other, and takes an extra 10%. Maybe it's yeah, not a it respect feels a little bit as uh, much uh, as that's uh, Abusive. Like a weird, yeah. Oh, that's such an interesting... Uh, that's such an interesting setup. Well, Ezra, I can't wait for you to unroll more yeah. fun facts about Abbott Costello as we go forward. Um, but first... You guys have both come a long way from St. Louis, but we have to start with a fabulous, uh, a big thank you to all of our fabulous meat buddies. If you want to help support this show for some reason, you can go to Metreon.com, and we really appreciate everyone who helps keep us limping down the tracks with such mm-hmm. topical work as the 1955 <laughs> movie Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. But first, before we even get to it's, that... Everyone's watching it. It's been trending for the last like three days, so... <laughs> It's very topical. Very important. Everything about this is important right now. Um, But before we talk about that, we have to talk about some news in segment one. Um, This week, I want to talk about some big winners and losers 
Um, so we're going to start by talking, obviously, about the U.S. cucking France on a submarine deal. Let's, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to talk about the Emmys. We're going to talk about the Emmys. So I know we were t- chatting a little bit about this in the group chat, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to bring this out in public. So I know you're both big fans of Ted Lasso, as am I. They won a bajillion Emmys. Is there Are a name you- for Lasso people? Yep. Okay, great. Tell me what that is sometime. I will. <laughs> Give me eight to Lassoles. ten minutes. Lass-holes. Yeah, it's lassoles. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, we're all lassoles uh, on this yeah. program. Um, I love that. We're big we're... Ted heads. And so <laughs> better. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, are you guys happy? Are you stoked about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like I didn't watch the Emmys until someone said yeah. like, oh, hey, Ted, like Lasso won everything. And the oh. uh, acceptance awards are, or the acceptance speeches sure. are really fun. And so I watched yeah. those and that's really nice. Well, actually, yeah. I was going to start with, did you watch the Emmys? And the answer is no. Um, you, you did work that in. Did you? Um, okay, so so the speeches were good, though. I, I didn't watch I any speeches. It. I mean, like, I just, it's just, it's just, look, they just seem like they all really like each other. Like, I really like yeah, um, really do. Uh, Rebecca's uh, speech, like how much she thanked uh, Keely. And like, it's just, it's really sweet. It's just really nice. I don't know. I just, there's nothing extra to say about it. No, that's good. Um, that's a, that's a great feel- thing. Between this and Shit's Creek last year, the Emmys are getting kind of lazy and just going that show. Give it, give them all of them. Give Don't it everything. Worry. It's yeah. Uh, we're just gonna do one big show a year, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so they, so they, they gave a lot of stuff to Ted Lasso, and then on the drama side, The Crown pretty much took everything and yeah, had so Kate best Winslet. actor, best actress. Yeah, Kate Winslet snuck in with best actress for a limited series, which a hundred percent. She's yeah. so good in Mare of East Town. I should I watch I mean, this? Yes. Oh yeah, it's great. I really like Maravist, and and it's uh Oops. yeah. I made a made a joke about it before we yeah, started if you, today. If you want to watch six hours of TV and then think, um, wow, that was really good, and then think, why the fuck was Guy Pierce in any of that? <laughs> uh, which is something you'll get after you watch it. It's a real like, man, that was amazing. What the fuck um, was Guy Pierce doing there? He's in just, a lot of it. Just a guy hanging really do- out, being, being yeah. kind of hot. Yeah, it's just Guy Pierce. Just comes through, fuck some people, hangs out, goes drink somewhere. Yeah, uh, it's not I, bad I mean, work if you can get it's it. It's such but. an interesting job. It's such an interesting yeah. role that I was like, maybe it's him. But that yeah, would be exactly. like a crazy bank shot. Well, you're uh, just sitting there literally the whole time, being like, he can't be it. But why else would he be in here? Right, right. Yeah, everything else is, is so weird. The mastermind <laughs> killer behind all of this. I don't think this is a terrible spoiler to tell you that it's not him because that's a crazy, no, terrible theory. Prove your enjoyment uh, if uh, you but, spend but, time knowing that. But Kate Winslet is so so She's good phenomenal. in that series, yeah. um, and I felt like Jane Smart, who won yeah, for Hacks, yeah. was kind of almost winning for that and Mayor of East Town, which she is also which phenomenal. Which is also and, great in, and, uh, and also, I was, Watchmen, I'm, I'm watching Watchmen, because you told me to, so I, at the, I was simultaneously watching three shows that had Gene Smart <laughs> playing different characters and ruling at <laughs> all three of them. Yeah, the year of Smart. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is, and and I guess one of the reasons I asked about the Emmys, this is my, one of my main takeaways from having not watched it, but just look at the list of winners, is that Best Actress Comedy went to Gene Smart for <laughs> Hacks. Best actor comedy went to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. And does it feel like the two of them worked the same amount of hard at acting to you guys? I sort of feel like Gene Smart is a national treasure and Jason Sudeikis is great, but he just kind of like wanders around in that show having a mustache. Like, I feel like he's pouring himself in. 
no, but no. yeah, that's he, why he he uh, that's why he can beat come off like that is because he's also doing twelve other things behind the scenes, right? Right. Yeah. He also wrote. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But he didn't yeah. get best writer who best actor who also wrote some stuff. Mm. He just got best actor comedy, mm. and I just feel like he's got a very good mustache, and he he can whistle, and he makes movie references. I just don't feel like he's mm. acting as hard as Gene Smart is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys don't, you don't mind, you're not upset about it. It's no, I well, mean, if you let Ted Lasso exist, I don't know how you can undo Ted Lasso in the center of it, Alex. I feel like, no, no, I just, I think it's great. I'm happy for him. I enjoy the show. I just don't know if I would give him the best. Well, I see, I actually disagree with that. No. Just okay. pretty much like, because I, I think that because really good acting, especially such coming from a 30 second character commercial and fleshing it out enough to get two seasons out of it. And like, think about on the page how frustrating and annoying Ted could be, right? In the lesser hands, Ted Lasso could literally literally be the most unbearable show. In this could have been the Guy Called Friedman show. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think the fact that it looks like he's doing nothing actually yeah. speaks to okay. the caliber of the performance right. you know? uh, this is, this is a good point that's a good point um plus I, I honestly have no idea who else was in the competition so maybe he, someone I came out uh, uh but yeah that's very fair um in a vacuum yeah he's pretty good <laughs> all right yeah. um uh, other things from the Emmys real quick. I mean, there was a lot for The Crown, which is interesting because I do feel like everybody on The Crown is doing good work and I still don't like it. Or like, I, it's like, it's That's okay, but it's I don't mostly have to watch annoying. It. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it's okay, like it's every good. time I, I see it, uh, like a scene from it, I was like, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Uh, but mm-hmm. I like I don't. It's fine. It, it's not my itch. I know. I know it's good. Yeah. If I discovered it, it'd be fine. No, I I've caught in thirty minutes of it at a time, like twelve mm-hmm. episodes, just watching it with my wife. And yeah, it's I can't argue. It's very high quality, very well made. I'm uh, very excited about uh, the next season and the actress they got to play like older Diana. Uh, so the one I, who was in Tenet, who was in very good. I'm sure she's going to be great. On the other hand, there's nothing I want to watch less than Diana's continued downfall. It's mm. so sad. Um, the last thing I want to say about the Emmys mm. was uh, best directing for a variety special, mm. Bo Burnham for Inside. Did you guys watch Inside? Mm. No, no, was I it good? did not. People love it. There's a couple things that are good. There's a couple things that I have um, some issues with. I I did not finish it. Um, But the key thing is that it's just him in his house. And so he got the directing nomination for just a thing he made by himself. And that is super interesting. He he just basically bought an incredible camera, a ton of lights and tech, and then wrote and filmed this entire thing in his house. And um, Mm -hmm. that's yeah, it's well directed. It's a really interesting, cool thing he's he's really interesting because he's like i think falls under the category of can't get mad at him because like like huh. works seems like very talented works very hard like yeah. he got like successful and famous very early on yeah uh, yeah he's does like seem like one of the first youtube stars huh. yeah yeah i mean and he got famous singing like homophobic songs at 16 which is kind of a weird start and so like the huh. fact that he is mostly cool uh, is totally interesting uh, he's got a couple things on the special that are like uh, i thought remarkably sexist and kind of annoying uh, um there is this thing like the one song that really got to me there's a song about white girls and it's like if you're white and you're complaining about white girls it feels like you're mostly just complaining about women and that doesn't like the fact that you mention race doesn't make it less about how it seems like you hate women that was my read that's on that one part um, Jeez. 
uh, I, I know. Just aggressive. you hate women is so intense, Alex. It's not, I think that's, that's literally I mean, it's that. It's that the song is oh. uh, shitty to women, and the fact I that just... you mentioned that they're white doesn't fix it. I don't think. Yeah, I just Wait, so one I... of these days you're gonna get sued for libel. You're just so. <laughs> No, no, nobody's listening. All right. Speaking of uh, things that people are not talking about uh, and takes that no one needs, let's get into the homework. You're watching. Uh, you're watching the Watchmen. You're watching the show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm watching. Watchmen. Have you not told us this? Um, I wanted to finish it and see what my hot takes. Mm. I think I'm five episodes in. It's taken me a long time, but I, I'm really enjoying it. It's yeah. quite good. Yeah, let me know what I'm liking it way uh, more think... than I liked the comic book, which is such a, an yeah. upsetting thing. But aren't for people. you glad that you read the comic yes. book? Like, yes. and would this especially like there's a scene that opens with like um in New York on the day of the squid. Yes, I would love to too. somebody who never read the book who watched that and just was like, What the fuck just happened? I uh, I well, I in fact, I can tell you, my my wife had that experience, but she was it's because I I watched that scene yesterday morning while she was in a work call, just where the TV was in her frame of view. <laughs> it was very weird for her to watch this teenager get naked in a fun house and then squids fall from the sky and kill everybody. It was a weird morning for her. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's a weird morning for the squid, presumably, also. Yeah, that's mm. and actually somebody makes that point is that the squid had a weird day, and that's such a, <laughs> that's so true. He's yeah. just hanging out also, he's in a different dimension, killing everybody. Work meetings are very boring. I'd love to be randomly like, hey, is that is that HBO's Watchmen? <laughs> hey, that, I really like this scene. Cool. Yeah, la- later on in that episode, there's a scene where they just take a dog and throw it in a recycling bin, and she had to see that mm-hmm. with no audio and no context. Mm. It's very weird. Uh, okay, now let's get on. We got to talk about the homework. How's it sounding? Sounds great now. Oh, cool. I don't know why. This is weird. All right, segment two. This week is uh, part five of our three-part series about the Universal Monsters universe. Uh, this week, we watched Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy, the movie that we jokingly brought up several times, and then, as with so many things on this show, mm. sealed our fate and had to go through with the 19, 1955 horror comedy starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello as, according to the credits, themselves. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they I, have names, actually. That's one of the funniest ribs in this whole movie, that they have character names at the end, but they only refer to themselves as Abbott and Costello throughout the entire movie, or Bud and Lou. Yeah, they go, Bud and Lou, because the... The IMDb also lists them as themselves. What was their what were their characters? Yeah, in the movie, it's like Freddy something. They're both and, same first. Yeah. They're alliteration names. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a very yeah, Wikipedia funny. just calls it as themselves. That's it. okay. Interesting. Fun joke. Um, yeah, Pete Patterson and Freddie Franklin is what it says in the closing weird. credits of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that's a good bit. I, mean, I didn't even notice that. Two of my uh, my favorite. Uh, bits in this movie. I don't know the second one is a bit, but uh, like Abbott and Costello aren't necessarily the tallest people in the world. Five eight, like and five roughly, five. I looked it up. Yeah, like yeah, they're roughly like Tom Cruise size. I looked it up too. But it seemed like the casting agent thought it would be funny if they everyone in this movie was over six feet tall. Uh, they are just the tiniest little people in every scene. That is funny. Especially coming off Tom Cruise, the mummy, Tom Cruise, king of the apple box, and only acting against people who are two feet shorter than him. 
um, and always like you know using weird force perspective to make himself look taller. Uh, but, it was refreshing but, but then, to see. Then two they actors constantly refer care. to uh, whichever the Costello. tall one is, Costello, as the as the tall guy. Or oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Adam yeah. was the tall guy. They did say Costello was like the little one. Right, and they yes. refer to them as the tall. Like, oh, I thought we were looking for a tall man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no, it's his buddy. Like, um, anyway, yeah. that was a weird thing to say for the five eight. Was five eight? I, I don't no, know how our nutrition it hasn't was changed back that in the much since the fifties. Mm. There's Average no way <laughs> of men. Nineteen fifty five. Come on, Google off. Come on, uh, I think it was like it, this is like a sixty forty thing. It was just. You know, Costello kind of prided himself, you know, a little bit, had more ego. He was like, no, no, I'm taller. That's have everyone call me tall. Have everyone call Abbott fat and stupid and let me slap him a bunch of times. <laughs> the slapping's are really weird. There's yeah. a lot of grabbing of butts also, just generally. Uh, I feel was, like, yeah. yeah. There was some a sore where the tall regions. one grabbed the short one's butt as yeah. a way to throw him out the door by yeah, the butt. I've never seen that. Abbott by the ass. He grabs his ass and pulls him by <laughs> it. Like a, it's phenomenal. They're like hate animals. <laughs> I mean, the old movies like this are almost like like they're like magic shows almost, or like variety shows. They're like yeah. they just string together as many kind of weird things as they can. I mean, variety shows are like, good for it because there's that song, um, "You've Come a Long Way from St. Louis," that yeah. is just a well done lounge song with yeah. no context or tie into the movie at all. Oh yeah, we got to talk about some of the live the the. the the kind of scam of like find people who have cool acts and just film them for five minutes. There's a a uh, a dance crew that does like dance fighting. Yes, a dance fight crew. Yeah. If someone came and told you about them, you would think they were doing the Aristocats to you. You'd be like, <laughs> "Wait, what? You saw you saw three people I like doing what? Aristocats and not aristocrats? Uh, yeah." <laughs> The Aristocats. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's you just tell a long, disgusting thing, and then you're like Aristocats, and then it's just two cats wearing suits. Um, yeah, that it is so weird. It's such a weird. Uh, it's kind of funny, and it's kind of like a little bit similar to the way the physical comedy of Avon Costello is. But it's also just I, like I loved it so nowhere. much. I yeah. loved yeah, it so much because I didn't understand it. Yeah. That scene was, I thought that scene was phenomenal. Okay, so we're going to come back to all the things we want to talk about that are weird about the movie. But first, let me just get through the background for people who have not seen it. Um, So starring Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. It's also um, starring Mary Windsor as the femme fatale and Eddie Parker as the mummy. Um, Directed uh, by Charles Lamont, who directed over 200 movies. Not a choosy guy, Mr. Lamont. He could crank him out. This these were the days when like you know especially like old silent filmmakers when they they would be shooting like eight movies on one set at the same time just all facing different directions so, you know they used to be able to just pump them out you know you used to well, go to the movies and see two movies they would just throw in a second one for free just bogo people movies just, yeah people were just making so many movies please yeah. just watch them well yeah, yeah just. And, like, there's so many. I didn't realize Abbott and Costello were in a, a thousand movies. I mean, just in this series, they also mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Abbott and Costello meet yeah. the Invisible Man. Abbott and Costello meet Jekyll and Hyde. And then also, yeah. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So there's a separate. Mm-hmm. So it's not a full universe, but it is like a six degrees of monster yeah. separation. 
where I mean, and technically Abbott is... Costello have met the Wolfman vicariously through Frankenstein, oh, who I they met. All the monsters in our monster mash are just saying like, yo, you remember that like one kind of tall guy, but not really, who always grabbed the butt <laughs> of the other guy? <laughs> like, like, he said he was tall, but he's only 5'8". <laughs> he was so angry. They, so this is also the end of Abbott and Costello, right? This was their last movie. Oh, wait, was it uh, really? This was like a massive fail. Like, the bit was old. People hated this when it came out. People were like, were tired of oh, that's it. They so met so many different people, and this is obviously the bottom of the barrel in terms of their jokes and well, stuff. Well, this is kind know? of maybe this is part of the thing that we are taking away from this, which is the Mummy Kills franchises. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. En- the mummy ends uh, visions of a universe. Um, mm. I didn't realize this is their last one. It's funny that it, this is like everyone was so sick of their bit at this point because it felt very fresh to me. I knew nothing about it. It's mm. like my first time watching it, except for probably I've seen a clip of who's on first, but that was yeah, it. I mean, that's the one, you know, that and uh, the Abbe and Costello meet the Frankenstein as like a meme format. Uh those are like the two biggest lasting legacies, right? It's like you have Abbott and Costello with Who's on First and Meets franchise, and then you have people confusing them with the iconography of Harold and Lord, uh, uh, Harold and what's the other two? Harold comedy? and Lord, Laurel, Lauren Hardy, Laurel and Hardy, Lauren Hardy. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. You think it's Harold Lord, Lloyd also? Yeah, I was confusing all of them, but Laurel and Hardy. Which oh, no, is oh, you mean a Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean Scott Hall and Kevin Nash of NWO fame and WCW. (laughs) Um, Rock and Sock Connection. So, (laughs) okay. So, if you've not seen this movie, which I'm guessing you have, very popular movie. Everyone in 2021 is really going to, Alex, it's a fun bit. I love when you do this every week, but are you really going to tell people the fucking plot of having a Oh, please do. Oh, boy. It's a little. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to skip some things, but I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to mm. give you a brief five point summary of having Costello meet the mummy. Still okay. needs all five points. So, two human mm. cartoons named Bud and Lou are stranded in Egypt somehow and for some reason. Uh, while sitting in a restaurant watching a variety act, they overhear an Egyptologist discussing an extremely valuable MacGuffin in his possession, and they decide to ask him for a job. Uh, but when they show up at his office. They find out he's been murdered, which they're briefly accused of and then summarily not accused of anymore for no reason. Um, uh, They accidentally along the way find the MacGuffin and then one of them eats it on a hamburger. And then they're pursued by two uh, groups that also want that MacGuffin. And uh, it's a mean lady and a group of modern followers of an ancient Egyptian mummy that is being kept alive by drinking martinis, it seems like. Um, and he is wearing, instead of normal mummy wraps, he's wearing mummy pajamas, as discussed previously. So the two groups decide to team up to take the cartoon characters to the mummy's tomb, where, get this, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. They had not seen him before. They meet him. Uh, and then more hijinks ensue. Eventually, there are three mummies. They, they do question. a fun... Yeah, go. Do they ever technically meet the mummy? Like, are they ever introduced properly? I think the first time they encounter him is when the mummy does the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, I was going to say he gets Heimlich yeah. by the mummies. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it really should be called having Costello get Heimlich by a mummy, but I don't know if they knew the term at the time. Um, yeah, they go, they go get a lot of hijinks. So there's three mummies at yeah. one point. They do a fun who's on first style routine about a pick and a shovel, 
And then there's a bunch of walls that spin around. Um, yeah, the mummy oh, yeah. licks the MacGuffin out of the short one. And then the mummy blows himself up with dynamite in front of everybody. <laughs> a 4,000-year-old preserved mummy who's still alive. He just blows himself up with dynamite. And then Bud and Lou decide, along with the ancient mummy's followers and the modern criminals, they decide together the only way to honor the memory of this 4,000-year-old person who just died is with a mummy-themed restaurant and show. Mm -hmm. and so they make that. Then one of them kisses a snake, and then the movie is over. And, no, no, um, and jumps through a plate glass window. Yeah, yeah. One of them meets a snake that turns out to be his new wife, and the other one meets a snake and jumps out a window, and then it's over. Um, it is bonkers. Yeah. And the money I mean, is just on the screen. I mean, it just looks so All, all $42. You can see where yeah, they spent it. Yeah, uh, just be, I mean, especially I love the um, the extent like when the the like uh, archaeology archaeologist like uh, office and like room was kind of neat and had some fun props. But when they get outside to wherever the fuck the mummy is, and it's just it looks like a six year old was off told to paint a mummy <laughs> like a desert <laughs> backdrop. And there's like two rocks. It's just, it's phenomenal to look at. It really at. is fascinating to see. I um, I am not going to say uh, that it looks like, it, that it's an important mummy movie, but as expected a little bit, it's my favorite of the mummy movies we've watched this yeah. month. I really, I really had a good time. Anthony, you mentioned your favorite jokes. Um, I think we should just discuss our favorite and least favorite sequences, if not full jokes. Well, I um, want to ask, do you think anyone sat down, bought a ticket in 1955, and was like, when this movie started, was like, last time I saw Abbott and Costello, they were with the Keystone Cops, clearly in the <laughs> States. Why are they now in Egypt? Is this like a prequel? What am I missing here? It, yeah, Guys, it is, it, do they it, not care about the canon of these <laughs> movies? I, yeah, it's a weird opening, especially to call them as them say that they are starring as themselves. It's like, mm. what is even happening? Um, but my favorite, I will, we'll take turns. My favorite bit. Well, I think, I mean, I okay. Be, I'll just do this because it's because of the who's on firstness is what I wanted. So mm. there's a bit where one of them is holding a pick and a shovel, and he says, "Take your pick," and he grabs the shovel, and he's like, "No, that's your, that's the shovel," and he's like, "No, that's my pick," mm. and he was like, "No, this is my pick, that's a shovel." Anyway, it's exactly what I wanted out of Abbott and Costello. It was like the one thing I knew, and they did it, mm. and it was a it was a slight variation on the theme, and I enjoy that very much. Um, do you guys have a favorite sequence in this movie? Uh, I am a big fan of any time there's like I love like kind of weird, dark, morbid humor, especially in sure. a horror comedy, and I, I do think that is kind of where. Like these movies kind of work the best, but I like when, when like uh, uh, Abbott is keeps running into a dead body, but every time Lou shows up, the guy has moved it, yes. and it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, this stuff. is really bad. Always... the doctor's office. There's just a he's been murdered, and like the one of the themes of Abbott and Costello is that the short one something crazy happens and the tall one doesn't believe him. And so he's like, Oh my God, there's a dead body. And then he turns around to go get his friend. Then when he comes back, the people who have murdered him and are trying to hide the body have moved him into a closet and just that. And then over and over and over and over again, they played a bunch of times. Yeah. That's a great bit. Yeah. Um, as do you have a favorite I, sequence? 
I mean, I liked the so they are trying to sell the uh, cursed medallion to uh, Madame uh, Rontru, who like I guess wants to buy it or steal evil it. lady. Yeah, yeah, evil. Yeah. Um, and she takes them to this back room, and I guess in this club where everything is just like trap doors everywhere or like trap trap places to just fit arms it's just, it's just like it's just it, it's that it's scene, scene from labyrinth where it's all yeah. the arms so yeah, yeah so he's this. sitting on a couch and like a, an arm comes through the wallpaper and tries to pick his pocket and then he get he stands up and goes to a different wall and then a hand comes out of like a a, a taxidermied lion's head and tries to grab it but then the taxidermied lions when the hand gets slapped the eyes of the lion cross which suggests that the criminal not only put his arm through the mouth of the lion but put his eyes all the way into the lion's eyes which is an intense uh, dedication to that pickpocketing but it, the hand comes from the floor because uh, at one point there's a statue and then the wall spins and it's the a guy dressed as the statue and then it spins back um yeah that's a great sequence i love the I mean, hands i personally i think we have to talk about the classic scene uh, when uh, Abbott eats a cheeseburger and oh, I did love this fully ham- over it okay, for five so minutes. Much to talk about about the hamburgers. Okay, so they get uh, two hamburgers. That is just classic comedy. What if he ate something? Like, what if we treated the audience like complete dumb idiot children who don't know how anything looks? <laughs> well, that's and we no, just okay. did the well, dumbest so cartoon like you're putting, bullshit. You're, you're putting some uh, editorial comment on this that doesn't sound like you actually like it. I love the hamburger scene. So, okay, first of no, all, I like the lead up the game before the hamburger scene. This witch oh, him eating the medallion. That's, that's a problem. Yeah, no, okay. I'm just the so there's like a ten minutes. pound medallion. And they find out, they've been trying to sell it, and then they find out that whoever owns it, there's a curse, and whoever's holding it is going to be dead. And so they spend 10 minutes trying to pawn it off on each other, like, look over there, put it in your pocket. This should have been, for the record, this should have been most of Lord of the Rings. It's just just <laughs> dropping the ring into each other's pockets in sneaky ways, in like Olympus or whatever. I like it. I think it's a great bit. And they, but then they decide they order hamburgers and coffee for dinner, which is an awesome order. And it's the 1950s, yeah. and so the hamburgers are like very wide and flat and com- and bone dry. It is just bun, ground beef, bun, and they get it and they immediately salt and pepper the burger and then eat it. <laughs> and maybe boat it. And then there's a gravy boat, oh. which I believe was ketchup, but yeah. it's not entirely Ooh. clear. But like, they I mean, salt just... the fuck out of them, though. <laughs> By, in the game. The every, every time you switch the burger, you have to salt it, right? Right. So, like, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> so, then, yeah, so he's like, he's got, he puts the medallion in the burger and then he distracts the, his friend and then switches the two burgers and they go back and forth for a while. And then, it, yeah, cartoon is exactly what this is because it gets to a place where it's a classic. Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd where he does a double he doesn't switch it and so then when the other guy switches it back he has it and he doesn't realize it so he bites into the hamburger you hear the sound of like a bunch of coins hitting each other and then he coins in a dryer dryer. (laughs) and then he ostensibly chews and swallows the medallion Um, it is Crazy! Wait, it is a that's yeah, not my very favorite part. My favorite part and then is when he, he coughs it up as one piece later yes. after yes. chewing it. <laughs> yes. What was your that favorite was part? They shake him enough that it reassembles. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's chewed it up, and then they want to take an x-ray of him, or it's like technically a fluoroscope, um, which is just a constant x-ray. So you just both the giver and the receiver get uh, die of radiation poisoning. But there are a lot um, of health issues, I think. Yeah, there were, for sure. Also, the medallion probably not good for you. Hey, but- in this line of business, what do you expect? You're going to die young. <laughs> Exploring comedy cartoon uh you know, yeah, pyramids. all the concussions from getting hit in the back of the head with random boards yeah. that someone's carrying from on their shoulder. Dropping 15 feet from the ceiling when the wall <laughs> you're leaning against flips over on you. And you drop down two floors on the solid concrete. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that though, feels great. One of my, what my, the other favorite bit that we haven't mentioned yet is the three mummies, um, which is. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> and this, how does this not come up in more mummy movies where they're like, I know what I'll do. I will disguise myself as a mummy and hide in this sarcophagus. That was, I think, actually, I think they did kind of crack the dark universe wide open because it was just like, oh, we just needed more mummies. That was it. Exactly. So then one of them does it, and one of the bad guys hides himself as a mummy, and then one of the good guys hides himself as a mummy, and they're all visually identical mummies. So at one point, they come running out, and the bad lady goes... Who? Which one of you is the good one? And they all raise their hand like uh, um, <laughs> I am Spartacus style. Like they're all like I'm the I'm the good one. I'm oh no I'm the good. even the even the four thousand year old mummy knows that he oh. should lie and say I'm the good one. I, I just mean, like he just likes raising hands. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really it's really ridiculous, and I liked that one a lot. Um, well, I, I mean that mummy has a has a sweet gig. Get a lay down all day. People come and just bring you food. They yep. do really fancy dancing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In this, front is, of you. this is sort of like the one in the Brendan Fraser mummy where there's like thousands of generations of or hundreds of generations of people protecting this treasure. Except the mummy's still alive, so they're just worshiping him in his tomb. But it's he's just. I mean, it's, this as far as making a mummy story. Making the mummy just straight up oh. never dying is really interesting. Well, this movie is also, it's 70 minutes long, and the mummy doesn't show up till the last last 30 minutes. Yeah, it's really this waiting for the mummy. No mummy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's very little mummy in this movie. There's a lot of talk about mummy. There's a lot of props uh, like in the, that they, you know, whipped yeah. up that looks roughly Egyptian. But there's not a lot of mummy in the mummy. I, I mean, thought I there would be more fine. mummy. I I mean, I prefer him being a, a brief character who blows himself up versus him at the end mm. going, "No, I'm the good guy now." That's true. I want more movies about me. Oh, also, there was a really large lizard. Now, mm-hmm. I I admit, Whoa. even though it was seventy minutes, it did oh, not yeah. hold my attention at every moment. Yeah, but there was just like, um. Like yeah, a lizard? A, like a pet lizard. A bat? Yeah, but it was like, it was a optically composited to look like a giant lizard, but it just looked like a pet lizard that someone filmed close up. I mean, it, it's yeah, got to be one of the all-time lizard. worst lizard effects I've ever seen in something. It's and just a giant iguana something. that he fights. But why is there, Why did it say why there was a 10-foot iguana in this mummy's tomb? Well, it was just him. It was a sequence of him getting chased by stuff, right? right. So it started with the bat, then there was... What else was there? There was like a crocodile. There was a skeleton. And... Yeah, there was a skeleton. Oh, like that way he they got presumably from a a spirit town store or spirits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that he danced with for a few minutes. I 
I genuinely think this is the real mummy. I think we did nail it that this is the one that we should build oh. off of. And I Oh, this is the canon mummy. I mean, this sure. yeah, this this is like this is like uh, Adam West is the one true Batman. Like this is mm-hmm. the one true the mummy that all other mummy movies need to pay tribute to or try to be most like culturally sensitive. Uh, <laughs> this is the a hard most... one for me because <laughs> since it's black and white, it was so hard to know who was in brown face, but I assumed it was everyone. It was you. It was either either most of them, or that it was people of color that were also wearing thick, noticeable makeup. Yeah, the brown face is not great. The the really lazy beard. There's something about the laziness of it, maybe that makes it less bad. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's no, you're right. It's terrible, and it's funny because I was mad about that with Brendan Fraser, and with this one, I guess I just had lower expectations because it was the '50s and it was a slapstick comedy. So like all of the racism of this movie bothered me a little bit less. I don't know. I mean. It's crazy to think about, like, you know, so much of how we view films comes from the legacy of it and the evolution of criticism. You know, this is a time when people genuinely saw this and were like, this is high art. This is the pinnacle of comedic storytelling. I mean, I'm sure they, but like films like this, you know what I mean? Like this, they used to just be like a lower standard. So there was a lower standard and like, yeah, it's a comedy. You're not supposed to take it that seriously. Like, I mean, it really, God knows how many. It really is incredibly stupid. And I wonder, could you do, is there like a physical comedy movie that like, could you write a physical comedy today? Mm. Could you do this well, as even as a clear throwback? Like what, what's the, well, the I, I think you you would have to you should go ask Oscar award winning director Peter Foley and ask how it worked out on their Three Stooges movie that they did not too long ago, right? There's a recent Three uh, Stooges. You don't remember this? The, no, I the didn't director of Green Book and Dumb and Dumber and him <laughs> and his brother did uh, the Three Stooges, which was like three stu three. Three Stooges short films loosely tied together. It was one of the worst received movies ever. Yeah. Oh, I've uh, seen a this long poster. Time. Okay. Yeah. It was originally uh, going to star uh, Benicio del Toro, Sean Penn, and Jim Carrey. Uh, and then they okay. all backed out at the last second. So wait, they got wait. Will Sasso. Will Sasso. Will Sasso. You kind of had me with those other three. No, yeah. That would have been interesting. Uh, they did a, a decade like of a, casting problems. <laughs> yeah, they did a um, like st- today. What they do is they do dramatic, serious, no fun, stuffy um, biography films of comedy teams. Right? right, that's what they do nowadays. They don't just make good comedy. I mean, we it is depressing how like comedies are, especially as people who. Have worked in or work around comedy. Like comedy is dead in terms of movies, right? Like theatrical, big budget yeah. comedies just are not don't get made anymore. Uh, and when they do, they go to streaming or they're all TV shows. Like this, I mean, yeah. What is what is a comedy? What is a recent comedy? Oh, they we watched I mean, Bill, and, Bill and Ted Face the Music. We watched that last year, as an yeah, I like. Yeah, but I mean, that's more of like a sci-fi, like it's a sci-fi yeah. comedy, yeah. but like straight normal. Like, but even then, that's few and far between. Yeah, they there was a new really Doctor Doolittle in twenty twenty. That is um, a big family adventure movie. That well, you, yeah, but, okay. Well, first of all, if you're just going to recategorize everything, sure. But yeah. um, 
I just Googled but, biggest comedies of 2020 and this list includes Mank. So yeah, I, I get it. It's not, uh, it's not really a great list. Um, uh, but yeah, the yeah, movie guess, comedies. Oh, yeah. You, um, what about, uh, Melissa McCarthy oh. movies? You get, <laughs> she makes some, she makes some comedies. I mean, there's I mean, you some get, high concept in there also. Like, I mean, I, I like spy a lot, uh, but yeah, like, spy it, was really good. Yeah. Well, the thing with Melissa McCartney is you have to check if her husband is directing it. If her husband's directing it, it's very, very bad. uh, You mean my cousin Ben Falcone? Yes. Yeah. Not actually my cousin. I want him. But this is going to be one of my ins in Hollywood. I'm just going to tell people he's my cousin. Mm -hmm. It'd be hard to check. He might not. He might be. Who knows? We could 23 and me. You just got to get some of his fit. (laughs) Just got (laughs) to trick him into drinking some coffee. I feel like we cracked it. It's easier, easiest way. I mean, to try try getting the um, like kids or mothers spit. It's a little bit easier, and uh, well, yeah, but it's also creepier it... if I'm hanging out trying to get a kid to spit in a cup for me. At least yeah, if I know that's that's uh, why uh, I suggested it. Oh, I see. I get it. So I, yeah, I, I like yeah. the idea of being like, I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm can't get his spit. I'll just go get his elderly grandmother's spit. That's not weird at all. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, it's kind of a slapstick comedy that's not that is relatively recent, mm-hmm. but is a straight up slapstick comedy. Is Shaun the Sheep? Mm. Uh, well, Shaun and, the Sheep yeah, animation. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Will it's, always it, but, be comedy, still, right? Yeah, yeah. But Shaun the Sheep movie, well, all of Shaun the Sheep, but is like it is. <sighs> It is basically silent film slapstick. There's no dialogue. It's it's yeah. It a little bit like we've watched a lot of kids movies. This was bordering on embarrassing to watch as adults. But the um, the it, it is it's got some genuinely good slapstick things in it. There's some really fun things in there. Yeah, and that was I 2015. Mean, so that's that's kind of recent. That's for a slapstick. That's close. It's. I feel like are we the last generation that because like we at least grew up. Watching reruns of like Bugs Bunny cartoons and like art that was influenced. By oh yeah, Space Jam. We watched Space on. Jam recently. That's a big budget comedy. I mean, I I didn't laugh. I don't know what you Space call Jam comedy. Anymore. I did laugh when I saw the droogs in the background. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, kids today do they like watch Bugs Bunny stuff? Do they know what like a pratfall is? Are they well, I did, yeah, like, I mean, there is that reboot of, of Bugs Bunny. I saw that there's a billboard for in uh, mm-hmm. Burbank, so they're clearly they're making some effort on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I like I think the like '90s comedy is an interesting as a movie is an interesting thing that's missing. But my guess is, like everything else, it's gonna be like there's gonna be a huge one in in a year or so, and then it'll be like, wow, is comedy back? Then yeah. yeah, they'll they always do it. Oh. Um. I think it's clear we've already run out of steam on this movie, which I love. Great work. So let's get Mm. into segment three, the earliest we've ever done it, the argument. Well, I mean, it's if anyone out there listening is like, I can't believe they watched Abbey and Costello meet the mummy and didn't talk about X. You got to let me know what you're passionate about with this. <laughs> yeah, I'd be that's, so curious. Um, For sure. I agree. We definitely write in podcasts well, at redditory.com. Honestly, if, if you've just seen this movie, honestly, uh, I, I think if it's you've cool seen it at all. Watched it, I'm glad. But yeah, if you've actually seen this movie, shoot me and not Alvin and Costello meet Frankenstein. That one right. people actually like and was like an important, you know, well talked about <laughs> movie. I'm talking about Abbey and Costello. Meet the mummy. Yeah. Special points 
if you have watched all five of these movies. If there anyone else out there who well, has seen all five idea, of these movies. Actually, because I was thinking about watching this movie. Um, but yes, I agree. Yes, right? And if you've seen the Invisible, Meet the Invisible Man, they meet Captain Kidd, um, any of those. Um, meet well, the no, Keystone I mean, Cops. The, the five mummy movies we've done. Oh, okay. yes. Okay, yeah. The dark unit, any, if any, how many people have seen Dracula Untold, The Mummy, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, and This Mummy? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, a, we might be breaking new ground in having yeah. seen all these movies. Are we definitely. the only person who's seen all of these movies? I mean, definitely sure. sequentially, right? Yeah. No one else yeah. has seen these no in a row for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you just had seen them in this order anyway, this feels like, yeah, this feels like a, a lottery thing. If you've seen them, we should have to give you a billion dollars. Oh, man, I wish people still had parties you could just talk to them. So, hey, what are the last you know, three movies you saw? It's like, oh, The Mummy, The Mummy. Have a selfie with the mummy. <laughs> you know, normal stuff. Normal cool guy to talk to. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I guess this is the end of the project. This is episode five of three. Um, so of trying to solve the universal universe. So I mean, do you have any should, final... We should you? stretch it out one more and just watch <laughs> Darren Aronofsky's mother. Right? Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Oh, uh, it's like 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 a like, like a mommy like, mummy. Like, like, mom, like yeah, mommy. Mommy, I guess. mommy I it's a slant rhyme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like a slant rhyme normally, but we just figured out we're going to do it next week, <sighs> and so I want to do that. Yeah. Um, have you, okay? So here's my main question: Do you have any last pitches for for the Universal Universe? And and then I have one other question after that. Any did this give you any other ideas for final pitches for what a monstrous cinematic universe, oh. Universal Cinematic Universe, could be? I like chaos. I think is what I'm noticing, uh-huh. and I like. That it could be You're like, just I think, noticing that about yourself now. Well, you know, I, but I think like the disjointedness of it all, right? Like, look, it's not going to be cohesive. So just make it have them be totally radically different and have them make no sense. And you just got to you just got to go wider. You know, it's got to be yeah. you got to have the droogs in the background, essentially. Right. Where it's <laughs> everything, all instances of mummies and monsters, all of them, like from the from the spooky to the spoopy, um, you get in, you get them all in there. And this was more just, spoop, spoopy yeah. than well, than spooky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's here's a pitch I have for you. Okay, you take Tom Cruise's The Mummy, the same exact movie, except at the end, instead of going on the run, he opens a mummy themed restaurant. <laughs> all right, and then in The Invisible Man, I love it. at the end of it, instead of going on the crime, sort of life of invisible womaning, right? She opens like a wedding planning thing, but she uses a suit. And then we'll have the crossover movie is uh, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein are getting married. Right. And they need uh, the Mummy's Restaurant, they the Invisible Woman's, uh, yeah, Invisible Woman's Services, and it's all the crew coming together for a to wedding. put together a wedding. Yeah. That I like. That is a good evolution on the they're getting together for a party fundraiser mm-hmm. if they all have different businesses in the wedding business. And they are working together for the Bride of Frankenstein to have, you know, it, it be her magical day. I love that. I love yeah. it. I also like this system. Give her the they... day in death she couldn't give in life. You know what I mean? What I also like, like about this is there's an other, there's a, there's a, a monetization From idea. till we part. Mm. <laughs> He's pretty the good. Like part is very good. Um, that's that is a solid winner. Um, also, I like that this option though is because if they have restaurants and bars in the movie, you have a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company opportunity for Universal to start opening up mummy themed restaurants. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like Tom Cruise style mummy restaurant. I think that <laughs> I would say, be very you know Tom yeah. Cruise style dining. You know, like that 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 kind of genre of dining that we all genre know. Tom Cruise style. Know. Yeah, we all know. Yeah, um, they, you're with a woman you have no chemistry in, with. Yeah, they put poison in your meal at the beginning, and if you don't eat fast and intensely in the time limit, you die. It's well, just also a all your servers are just doing cocktail shakers the whole time and they're also sliding across the um like to your <laughs> from the kitchen uh in socks and, and shirt and no pants okay yeah, so and if you uh, i was thinking the whole thing you, you're eating normal meals but you just have to do it in a giant water tank oh i like that too about this it's a normal restaurant but if you go into your men's room and tap your foot under the stall <laughs> you can sometimes meet a guy you can hook up with for a little bit <laughs> Um, I think well, it's low hanging so, fruit, but but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. I guess these are all good <laughs> options. Um, my only other slight suggestion to any universe with this, the uh, Universal Universe, is the one way they could do it is they could make a bunch of disparate movies and then just say it's a universe by saying, "Oh, the Invisible Man was in that one." Hmm. I mean, so the Invisible Man's in. Yeah, he could be in anything. Really, you didn't see him. Yeah, yeah. The Invisible Man hmm. was in canonically every universal pictures but like the the, the invisible mm. man is riding shotgun in fast and furious at some point yeah if the if you can see the invisible man they're doing something very wrong not much of an invisible <laughs> yeah. man he's you not know? so good at optics as i thought yeah um what, what if yeah okay so what if uh you know instead of putting you know jekyll and hyde to the center of it you just put abbott and costello at the center of it because like they clearly know the most about because they've met all of them and they beat so they open like a monster hunting business they're, they're the nick fury right yeah 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 mm -hmm. exactly it's ab Avin costello but it's like you know it's like uh their kids or whatever to get them to be today well it's like I mean, they, no i say fuck it really go in use that fancy deep fake uh bringing <laughs> back carrie fisher <laughs> yeah carrie fisher and rogue one just cg and deep yeah. fake yeah, uh, I want to see Abbott and Costello on screen with you know Chris Pratt. That's actually, uh, no, but make them aware of it. Like they should understand they're supposed to be dead. I guess because they're now the monsters, and they're like, you know what? Who mm -hmm. who knows most about being undead? It's all these monsters that we met before. Mm -hmm. he, and then I mean, but, but I yeah, this is a solid idea. We do Abbott and Costello meet Ernest. We CG all three of them back from back from the dead, <laughs> right? Because it's a a cinematic universe of people who have crossover movies, right? So, like, what other movie series? Like, who else has the, you know, Ona saves Christmas, Ona saves Halloween, Ona, like having Costello meet the mummy. Well, who Abin, else is in Abin that? Costello meet and get saved by Ernest. Yeah. What other film icons have that kind of thing when they just do it's just them in a different situation? Is National Lampoons Abbott and Costello meet and get saved by Ernest? Is James that... Bond? Does that mm. count? Yeah, I I'm I'm open to James Bond being in this. No, I don't want to work with the broccolis again. I won't do it. <laughs> I, they're, they're too much of control freaks. They get their fingers on every pie. Just I ain't gonna mess with them. So, yeah, I think that's true. James Bond is out. James Pink Bond's Panther. out. Um, oh, Pink, Pink Panther, that's a good one. Is his name in the... It's it, like Does he do um, the Pink Panther and something else? Well, it's like the Pink Panther strikes again and stuff like right, that. Okay. Right, okay. Okay, that's close. I can see that. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, I guess that does it. I think we've. I, so I guess the answer to my other question was, did we nail this? And I think the answer now is yes. Right. As a yeah. project, we overwhelmingly solved. nailed. Yeah. 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 Like who? Like, I mean, yeah. Who owns the rights to the likeness of Abbott and Costello? You know, they weren't around for people to put in contracts yet. Don't resurrect me digitally and well, make also, me dance. yeah. How long until something becomes mm. public domain? Is Abbott and Costello a public domain yet? I don't think people know. Yes, yes. For sure yeah. they can. Well, look, I mean, uh, so, okay, so so on, on the on the Abbott and Costello stuff, uh, Costello stuff, uh, so Costello actually died pretty soon after this movie. Yeah, um, 69. He, I think died of a heart attack, brought him, like, he had, like, some, uh, like, rheumatic uh, fever, weakened his heart. He died, I think, at the age of 52. Um, they had broken up a few years before, like in like 57, um, you know, after I'm easily like 26 years or so of like being like a comedy duo. Um, but, uh, then later, uh, Abbott had like all of his like, like money stuff seized by the IRS for like unpaid, like $750,000 worth of back taxes. Oh, but, Um, but all he had to do was like. Open the door just when the the tax cops were coming in and the regular cops uh, were coming in the other door. Worked. How did he get caught? <laughs> um, but yeah, did he just that shove a pie in the tax inspector's face and <laughs> run away? That didn't work. <laughs> oh shit! I've been um, wasting all this money on these tin cans and whipped cream. I'm fucked. Wait, <laughs> this so was, your your CPA is just <laughs> is just the tire section. <laughs> Yeah, I was just a, a pie face people, and I get the fuck out of Dodge. It's worked for me so far. Yeah, he just could. He should have just slapped them and told them they were being silly and seeing things. Yeah. Um, it does seem like maybe mm. public domain works is longer than fifty five, so their lives might not be public domain yet. But mm. um, when they are, we just do deep fake Abbott Costello meet all these people. Mm. I think this is awesome. I think we've given. I think if Universal Pictures. Ki- listened to these last five episodes and didn't see ample reason to hire us to fix this universe mm. i i don't know what they're what they could possibly want Ooh, I don't know yeah. could. can we merge uh abbott and costello with the meet the parents so abbott and costello meet the meet the parents oh abbott and costello meet the fockers no no meet the meet the fockers <laughs> meet the meet the fockers i think yeah that's meet the meet the parents series meet the meet this mm. but uh <laughs> That's that's a little Caesar's version of the movies. Yeah, it's like uh, Carl's Jr. Because we have the meet the meet this. <laughs> that's Arby's. Anyway, we, this is the dumbest segment. Um, I we we oh. nailed it. That's the answer. Let's move on to some business. All right. Last up today, we got a couple of. Uh, we're gonna take a dip in the mailbag. It's been a little while. We got some things not entirely related to mummies. Um, first up, Jay number one said, um, uh, "You guys remember when we were talking about uh, original uh, TV edits uh, of of original lines uh, and what the best oh, yes. ones are?" Um, Jay wanted to weigh in. This is a little while ago, but I've just gotten around to it now. Um, I have to disagree with your other letter writer. The best TV edit line ever comes from Ghostbusters. The original line. Ray, everything is fine. Was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Um, yes. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Peck, they caused an explosion. Mayor, is this true? Peter, yes, this is true. This, this man has this no man dick. has no dick. Yeah, right. great line. One of the TV, great line. TV edit. 
uh, Ray, everything was fine with our system and the power grid until, until the power grid was shut off by Wally Wick here. Peck, they caused an explosion. Mayor, is this true? Peter, yes, this is true. This man is a rodent of some kind. I don't know which. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny. It's like because you're trying to get it to scan. I didn't do a great job reading it. I'm sorry, Jay. But you you have to try to get it to scan the syllables. Is the it's a fun puzzle. It's true. He's a rodent of some kind. I don't know which. Um, very funny. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean that it's it's a fascinating skill that has a lot of uh, when it comes to like like localization and translating language in movies for different you know markets and stuff. And I have a yeah. lot of respect for that. But people who censor to take like dick out of movie, I'm like, you're butchering out. How okay, do you sleep no, no, at no, night? Okay, no, no, no. I, I, the person who made the decision to do that is the monster. Mm. The writing job is kind of funny. The person who yeah. had that job, it's kind of a fun artistic challenge once you agree that you're going to ruin this art. Well, it's it's tough because you also like, you know, like you have to bring the actor in to a sound booth and give them a bunch of options, right? So like it's something that like the actors, they have to take time out of their day to do this. They have uh, to, yeah, direct- those, those poor actors who have to take time out of their busy schedule to make an obscene thousand oh, yeah, dollars no, a day I'm not saying that. To I'm do just, some it's, voice it's recording. crazy the the, the whole process that goes into it just before because it's going to be on TV. We have to like th- yeah. a lot of times they film entirely different scenes and re-edit stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing that we just do the movies and people don't think about too much. Yeah, that know? is very true. Um, can I can yes. I give you the weirdest bit of information I've read during the last like hour and a bit? You please. Of course you can. OK, so uh, Anthony, you were talking about the Three Stooges movie. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So the person who was Mo for that was Chris uh, Diamantopoulos, who yes. is the Wes Hanneman, the Trace, the Trace Commons guy uh, in Silicon Valley, who also voiced Mickey Mouse um, oh. in the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. And that's like a, just a wild three credits, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so also the it's camera guy run. from he's the camera guy from the office or the yeah. sound guy from the office. And, um, and apparently there was an episode of WWE Raw where he was Mo, which I'm very interested in seeing. A um, couple of other uh, quick emails. Um, Timothy suggested that the end of the Brendan Fraser's mummy could have been solved. This could all could have been so much easier if that cur- last cursed American just stapled a cat to his face. Then no one could mm-hmm. have gotten to him. It's a good point. I think yeah, that, probably that wouldn't movie be super happy by it. I mean, yeah, I, staple is such a terrible word. I think yeah. like you could wear a cat as a hat, you know, cat as a cat well, is a hat I mean, is a different I uh, have version cats. of a book. You wear a cat in the hat as a hat. Yes. I have a, I have one cat. I have three cats. I have one cat that literally likes to lay on my face. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even need to staple him. I just have yeah, to go, yeah. here, just have your face come out. Yeah. And he'll just come and lay on it. But I know I said that last week. I would love. For that mummy to come and try to fuck with me in my house. <laughs> I got three cats. I'd have his ass runny. He would have a I would if the mummy came to my house, all I would have is a Kool-Aid man-shaped mummy thing uh <laughs> hole in my wall. That's all I would have, because he'd be booking it. Wimp. Lastly, from Shannon. Shannon had a suggestion for a possible sponsorship that is not gonna work out, but I thought I wanted to share mm. it with you guys because I think you'd be interested. Um so back on episode 4.31, uh, 
Um, there's this part where, um, uh, uh, anyway, where somebody asked where, uh, oh, the thought occurred to Shannon is Alex getting tired of watching movies? I don't remember what we we're talking about. It's a little sad. Um, we were talking about like updating the movie experience. And so Shannon's like, how could, how could the movie experience be improved? It is a lot of sitting. Maybe the viewing experience could be improved. And thus the idea was born. The Shannon would ask us to review something in VR, either like oh. a, a VR park sort of experience now, something like that. And um, we cannot do this because I my my poor little brain is so weak that uh, VR makes me incredibly sick. Uh, so I cannot participate in VR. I would love to. I did some. I did an Oculus. It like ruined me for a couple of days, but the evening was fun. Um, it's just not. I, I just can't be a good fair reviewer of it. But Anthony, I know you're a fan of the VR. Yeah, I've I've used the VR quite a bit. I had a headset here for a while. Um. But yeah, I mean, I definitely it is. It's it's very fun right now, I, and it's cool to be on the ground floor with it. The thing is, there's just not a lot. It's a very expensive thing to get involved. Yeah, in, the thing is that the ground uh, floor has been in. around for twenty years, and they've barely made yeah. any progress. It's a well, very I mean, slow. Realistically, it's only been the last like three or four years, right? But it has come a long way since then, and it's really fun to watch. And anytime I get a chance to like mess around with one or play something um i've always had a really good time uh but yeah Facebook I've never just gone... announced this really upsetting product that was like vr meetings that i mm. just makes me so upset um just yeah. viscerally upset at the idea of wearing a headset and then the thing around me is just a more realistic experience of sitting around a conference table it's mm. just oh i'm that it, like i would be physically i would get motion sick from a meeting Oh, it's so upsetting. I hate this well, idea so I much. I really want... Uh, I would love a um, Oculus... Uh, what are they? The the 299 mobile one. If it yeah. wasn't for all the Facebook stuff. Like needing an active Facebook account just to right. use it. And like yeah. if your account gets suspended, you can't use your headset. It's wild. I mean, um, not that your I'm Facebook also, account is going to get suspended, but yeah. Yeah. But I'm you're, also... You're not out posting uh, misinformation. But still, like, what if I just want to, like, delete my Facebook account? I can't remember my sign-in, and I can't right, use right. my headset. Because they're so, evil, and they deserve it. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to make a, um, use your burner account for it? Yeah, I guess. But then I have to create it. It's just a hassle. But yeah. I think, like, like the price point and the technology there is awesome. I'm very odd. Uh, not odd, but just kind of nervous about using, um, like, I think, like, uh, like arcade VR is like a cool idea. I'm really scared about getting pink eye from some weirdo's VR oh, yeah. helmet. Pink eye's no so joke. I, I try to only use like you know somebody I know's personal VR helmet and not just use one. That's Dude, like the idea of getting diseases from video games is really weird. Oh yeah, there was Wait, a no crash. There was a um early pack packs not early packs but a packs and during like the early VR. Before, like, any of the headsets were out, you would see them at, like, PAX for years and other conventions. And there was one PAX a few years ago um, where, like, 30 or 40 people got pink eye from... Um, oh, man. Uh, from using this VR helmet that someone from, was demoing. Yeah, because allegedly they the VR helmet. Down. Really, they were doing yeah. some weird eye sex. They were yeah, doing I mean, something everyone... gross. 
everyone's just floating on body pillows and sharing <laughs> them around there in Seattle. That's gross. Oh man. Um, well, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do that. It really like even just like regular video games make me a little bit motion sick. It's it's very unfortunate. Um, there's a certain kind of 3D game that is too much for me. Um, so I cannot do it. But I appreciate you thinking of ways to try to make movies more interesting Ugh. for me. I do still like watching movies. I don't remember what was going on five episodes ago because my brain is mush. But um, I did. I do like movies still. I think. Um, specifically, I really like. Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. I had a very good time with this. So um, I, I appreciate people coming the, up with suggestions too, though. So I think, uh, so keep, keep tossing them out there for us. Can I, can I take a, a moment to write in to get your, get your opinions on something? I'm, I'm, maybe you want to save this for when Hunter's back next week. Cause I'd love to get his opinion. Also, I'm not, on I'm it not clear on the word writing in, but yeah, other than that, go for hey, it. Hey, Hey, first, a long time listener, first time writer, <laughs> Anthony here. I'm writing, sending in a message yeah. verbally. Um, have you seen the, the casting news for the super Mario brothers yes. animated movie? Oh yeah. We should talk uh, about this. This just came announced. out today though. Yes, it just uh, just got announced today. It is. I have been pretty nervous about this. Like Nintendo seems to be very very involved, and I do like Nintendo quite a bit. Uh, and I think that they have a lot of care and got burnt really bad on Mario movies once before. Uh, but Illumination doesn't have the best track record, uh, I think. Right. Uh, so I'm a little nervous, but There's I didn't really know what to yes. expect. Chris Pratt, um, but Chess Lady. Chris Pratt as Mario, though, I just, that's the thing that I... Not Italian enough for you? I don't know what it is. Because I, I don't know what to, I didn't know what to expect at all from this movie, right? That was when the fact that when there was no details at all, and it could literally be anything right i was like kind of hopeful but chris pratt does chris pratt right mario is going to be chris pratt that is what he's going yeah. to sound like that's who he's going to be that's the personality now and the fact that the whole movie is like so celebrity heavy it's it to me comes off as like oh this is just gonna be an illumination DreamWorks style animated movie when they cast a bunch of famous people who aren't right yeah for the this roles. does it does feel a They're little bit creating... emoji movie yeah it's just even this me, is like the the announcement that's like we're collaborating with chris not just to create a character license film but a new piece of entertainment yeah this, this sounds like people who yeah. are does it make you feel better to know that the writer matt fogel wrote big mamas like father like son <laughs> no it I'm does not, not. Um, okay. But what I do like about I this movie is that the cast includes Fred Armisen and Sebastian Maniscalco, both of whom I've worked with. And so I feel like I'm going to be I, like, this is a movie bacon, I'm close your to. Your bacon number, your, your Pratt number just went up or the one right, down? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I got all these new people. Um, yeah. Keep my only, key with Michael Key. Uh, I, I genuinely like Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Those I actually see. Jack Black as Bowser is brilliant. That you've yes. got me. Yes. Uh, and Anna Taylor Joy, I think, has been phenomenal in everything I've seen her in. I'm sure yeah. she will be great. The thing is, like, like Mario games have don't really have character. I do love that they have Charles Matinette, Marionette on the poster. Um, he is the guy who has been the voice of Mario for over 20 years at this point. Uh -huh. He's 
the original Mario. He does Mario, Luigi, all of the Mushroom Kingdom characters. He's like oh, been Nintendo's voice guy for a long time, but he specifically does Mario. And I think it's really cool that he's going to be like in it in a role. But the thing with his Mario and why he's able to do so many characters is because they don't have the deepest characterization. They right. can be very vague and cartoony. And I mean, t- going back to the Abbey and Costello and like really simple old storytelling, which is something that like Nintendo leans in and goes for and it's been very influenced by. And now we're going to see like a Chris Pratt version of Mario. It just it really worries me. Um I, also I do think like Chris that Pratt... Maniscalco's in this, although he's playing Spike, and it's not... I would like to have seen him be Mario or Luigi. I like the idea of taking them from Italian and making them, like, angry Jersey Italian. Mm-hmm. That's a fun direction for yeah. them to go. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know... So I'm saving the princess! Like, anyway, very <laughs> very good time. Hey, hey, bro, get off my pipe! I'm <laughs> tripping on mushrooms right now! Um, But I just think, you know, when... Like Heath Ledger like passed away. There's always this feeling of like, what poor bastard is gonna have to play the Joker next? And it was Jared Leto, and everyone was like, fuck that guy, he sucks anyway. Uh that is kind of how I feel with there was besides Charles Martinette, there was one Mario on film, and that's Bob fucking Hoskins, who was <laughs> drunk throughout that movie, didn't know where he was, but he was a professional. Yeah. And he's great as Mario in that movie. I did kind of like him as yeah. Mario. Yeah. I mean, he was literally hammered every day on the set of that movie. Uh, but he, goddammit, he did the work. He and did. Chris it was a Pratt good time. Is no Bob Hoskins. I'm no. sorry. Well, that's I, true. I completely uh. agree. Um, all right. Uh, so that is going to be, I guess that's going to be that. That's a bit of bonus news we brought up here at the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will begin. We will be back again next week. Next week, we're taking a little bit of a, a, a slight detour over. Um, it's the end of the Universal Monsters, and next week I'm going to be in Portland because I am recording my debut comedy album in Portland. And I, uh, to celebrate, Anthony and Hunter and I are going to do a same room episode, and Ezra will be in on the phone, and we're going to talk about album recordings. Specifically, we're going to watch the movie That Thing You Do. So um, I'm hoping I get it's Anthony said before it might be bad luck to watch something about a one hit wonder boy what I would give for one mm. hit what a what a great life if I because being a no hit wonder has so far not been the most fun um, so yeah I just if I could get one that thing you do that would be great um, so that's all next week also if you want tickets or more information about my album recording I should have said that up top when more people were still listening it's in Portland on October 2nd you can find more alexfalcone.ninja that's my website. Um, if you have ideas for other projects you want us to tackle over the next few months, go to podcast. Use this email podcast at read-weep.com. If you have watched all of these movies that we watched for this in in any order, you get one point. In this specific order, you get a million points. I would like to, we, and we would like to hear you. Podcast at read-weep.com is the email address. Thank you, especially to all of our fabulous meat buddies who continue to donate the show despite me trying to talk them out of it. And we really appreciate it. If you want to become a Meat Buddy, go to Metreon.com to join our Patreon campaign and keep forcing us to not quit. Uh, thanks for being here, Anthony Lopez. Uh, this was fun. Oh, I, I slipped to- on a banana peel. Whoops. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you next week. Maybe we can get in some zany physical comedy adventures. And uh, great talking to you, Ez. Just going to eat this burger. <laughs> Wait, don't, don't forget to salt it first. 
Shaker, shaker, shaker. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week. Goodbye.